Hello, I'm Andrew Jupin. Eric Siska. Chris Gabin. And we hate movies. One, welcome to the program. Thank you for tuning in as always. Welcome to the third week of our third ever summer blockbuster extravaganza, SBE3. Hashtag SBE3, by the way. Uh, we set that up last week on Steel. Let's see if we can keep that going. Uh, this week, have we tackled a Michael Bay movie before? Are we pop in the we, Bay Cherry? We, we dis- I think we discussed them a little bit in uh, Twister. Well, no, no, not Twister, in Deep Impact, because we were comparing. Right. The comparison to but Armageddon. But I don't think we've yeah. actually touched down on a Michael Bay project yet. Well, here we are. I honestly think there's no better place to start than a sequel of some kind. Uh, 2003's Bad Boys Duh. Uh, no, actually, it's, it's Bad Boys Two and a Half Hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's how goddamn long this is. Bruce Valanche, everybody. <laughs> I mean, it is... Yeah, we can start right there. It is unnecessarily long. It's an epic. It's an epic of Miami. Miami. The Miami saga. Why can no one pronounce shit correctly in this movie? That, Joe Pantaleano can't say feng shui properly. Because it's funny. <laughs> It's funny making fun of silly words that other cultures have. People will love it. It's an action comedy. I mean, everybody has trouble saying those words, right? No. No, nobody does, actually. So, Bad Boys 2, it's several years after the first Bad Boys. That was, like, back in the 90s. You know, when when you could have action buddy cop comedy things. It's like 97, 98. I think it's 95, actually. Really? It's, yeah, it's, really? it's a long time ago. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like... And I'll say this, uh, Michael Bay in the 90s, I'm on board. Uh huh. Bad Boys, I think it's a good movie. I think mm-hmm. it's a good cop movie. I love The Rock. Rock I, is one of my favorite action movies of all time. And I forgive Armageddon most of its trespasses. I, I, I shouldn't, and I certainly cringe at the bad parts more than I would cringe at almost anything else. But I kind of give it a pass because after that, it got really stupid. So, uh, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, well, not only that, but like Armageddon, you had Deep Impact in, fresh in your mind. Yeah, so exactly. So you're like, oh, yeah, it's better. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, fucking, I mean, we've, we went over this before, but like you put Michael Clark Duncan in something. I am like, if you comparison shopping, Michael Clark Duncan's <laughs> always what I'm going for. So just going to go to the old IMDb here, check out this filmography a little bit. Also, this is him going back to his baby. Bad Boys was his first huge movie. Right, before yeah. that he did music videos, right? Music videos, and I think there was there's a feature called like Play That Funky Music from 1990, which I don't think anyone saw. Yeah. Maybe we should fucking check the WHM archives for that shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it was Bad Boys, yeah, it was 95... Then you had The Rock, which is a it's a truly excellent action movie. Uh, Armageddon, which <laughs> uh, you know, whatever, it's yeah. watchable, shitty disaster movie nonsense. Then you had Pearl Harbor. Oh my, that's God. where it happened. Speaking of epics, <laughs> worse than the actual Pearl Harbor. <laughs> I'll go on record. Some like eighty-five-year-old man just spit his teeth out in his oatmeal. Well, because our, our octogenarian, we hate me, movies fans. Thank you for your service, sir. 
Well, because that's actually I just called this uh, a Michael Bay epic. That is an epic because that movie is like four hours long or some shit. Oh my God. It's like three and a half hours. I remember I was hung over one day and I sat there and watched. It. I just I saw broke it th- my little iPad stand here. <laughs> anyway, I ended up seeing that in theaters. Really? That's oh, a long oof. time to be at the movies. Yeah. yeah, I was. It was towards a phase where I wanted to be left alone. <laughs> And you liked air conditioning. Yeah. Lots of air conditioning. Lots of that air conditioning. I grew up without air conditioning, so going to the movie theater was a big, uh, big, big treat. A big to-do. Yeah. And then, so, you know, then this happens. Bad Boys 3. Bad Boys 2. 2, excuse me, in 2003. Pardon. Getting Uh, a little excited for that third one, huh? Yeah. And then it just, it almost, you got The Island from 2005. I haven't seen it. It's it's terrible. Is that a bad one? Uh, And then... He's just been doing Transformer movies and then Pain and Gain. Uh, and then there's just there's more Transformers on the way. You know, and more I Bad guess, Boys on the way. I guess we're doing way. another Bad Boys. He's also obviously a big producer. I'm not going to read his whole fucking filmography. Well, you, I mean, you definitely shouldn't. I'm actually kind of <laughs> pissed that I haven't seen Pain and Gain for this because I hear such good things. I've heard really positive things I've about Pain and Gain. bad things, too. Oh, really? Oh, good. Yeah. All right. So, so it, I think it's, not all hope is lost. Yeah, it, it, it may be bad. It may, it may not. But, you know what? I know you guys were defending Bad Boys a little bit earlier, but I never saw Bad Boys and I never saw Bad Boys Two until now. And I and and I've been doing these rewatch things. Like I I, I watched all those Maniac Cop movies for the first time. Right, get a feel of the franchise. Yeah, I'm like, well, you know, I need to know where we're going. Yeah, you know. And then I tried to watch Bad Boys. I got 30 minutes in, and I was like, let me stick to what I gotta watch. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me stick to the obligations, if you please. Because you know some of that banter. Was oh, I mean, it's all the banter. But if you like, can't get on board with the banter, you're going to turn it off after 30 minutes. Yeah, unless exactly. you're watching it for for an episode yeah. of We Hate Movies. And in the 90s, oh man, did we love banter. Oh, we loved just running our little mouths, didn't it, we? Yeah. It's, so, it's, Taya Leone, she didn't like cruise you through there a little bit? No. Because that's mm. what I always... Her and Chucky Cario as the vaguely French villain... The vaguely French so-and-so, Chucky Cario, from, of course, Addicted to Love. Go back and check that out. Uh, yeah, yeah. So in this one, uh, with Bad Boys 2, though, it goes... It's another foreign villain. Yeah, it's another foreign villain. <laughs> we it's hate foreigners. A, 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 a Cuban man named Johnny Tapia. Yes, another foreign villain, Johnny Tapia. Johnny Tapia. And he is an ecstasy dealer in yes. Miami. Yep, and that's you know. Then you got to you're stuck paying attention to club culture and all sorts of crap that nobody could possibly be interested. Peter, I mean, Peter Stormare as a fucking Russian gangster, and like, <sighs> man, he just took that you know, Fargo thing and just was like fucking just wiping his ass with it, well, right? <laughs> you got to understand, you know, he's going back to oh, Michael, my friend from Armageddon, because I was in yeah. that movie too on the Mir space station, and he was oh, a Russian in right. that too. I want to say, where is he actually from? Is the question at hand here? Because uh, he's playing Alexi in this movie. German? He's Swedish. Oh, Swedish. He's Swedish. So you know, it's, I guess if you can do the accent convincingly enough, I mean, whatever. If you can drink vodka and like act like a kind of a scumbag, you can do Russian. Whoa, I can do Russian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, so we start this movie, by the way. Um, 
it's a it's a ridiculous like this is how you manufacture drugs montage like over the credits. Yeah. It's like it's like a factory with like all the ecstasy pills being made Happy and everything. Factory. And it's of course it's playing like club type music, but I'm just picturing that old traditional factory like making ecstasy. Charlie Chaplin's getting stuck in gears <laughs> while he's putting holes in his brain and draining his spinal fluid. <laughs> There's a ridiculous... The only reason I brought up the opening credits is that it has nothing to do with the movie except for one credit that sticks out like a sore thumb. And check this shit out. Executive music consultant, Sean P. Diddy Combs. Now, I put this out to the room. What did he have to do? What was his job on this movie? He was handed a CD and said, yeah, this, yeah that's fine. And then that's it. He didn't even like, what, uh, what music do you think we should put in this movie? He di- he does the the big song for the movie, which plays like four or five times. Just shake your tail feathers. Oh, that's a P Diddy song. It's a P Diddy. With, Is he rapping on it? Yeah, it's him and Nelly and somebody else. And like, it's the last time anybody saw Nelly. So hey, good. That Jesus was the, around that time where they they kept on trying to do like those super raps. Like, let's get thirty people featuring everyone. <laughs> oh yeah, it was like you know we are the world, but just solely with the hip hop community. Yeah, we're gonna. People can be squeezed onto one track. We're gonna get Wu Tang and organized confusion together <laughs> with P Diddy. No, that would never happen. By the way, contrary to popular belief, we're, this is not going to be the the two months of P Diddy movies. I know <laughs> we Diddy talked soundtrack. about it, Godzilla, but well, I mean, he's here, and like the thing is, is he is part. He is definitely part of the problem because some of these scenes, there's just like this really shitty like no effort whatsoever like beat going on in the background yeah. and like it's supposed to be like a jumpy happy little thing uh-huh. and that with Will Smith Whoa. and fucking Martin Lawrence with their goddamn banter and it's just too much well, it's way too much you know why that's there right is they they played part of it for P Diddy and he said yeah that's a good beat <laughs> and then they're they're like do you, do you think it belongs to this movie it's a good beat and then that's it. And, now and then he got a check for a million dollars. That's how, how it that works. Uh, so this movie starts off with a little bit of a drug deal. We see how the system is going down. We got coffins that's bringing money and drugs all over the place in you know this poor city of Miami. Uh, and that's basically the setup. And the sting operation with all of this <laughs> is so goddamn ridiculous. So led by Henry Rollins... Which, you know, when I see Henry Rollins in a movie, I'm like, all right, it's fine. I'm yeah. okay yeah. with this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, his spoken word stuff I think is totally fine. I'm not yeah. going to really seek it out if I, it's around whatever. I like the Rollins band. I like Black Flag. So, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm behind you, whatever you're doing. He's totally entertaining and well, fine. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Uh, what was it? The Chase with Charlie Sheen? Oh, yeah, he's in The Chase. He is in The Chase. That's stay, a stay that's tuned. A stay tuned. Yeah, yeah holy we'll shit. Strap in and stay tuned. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, Dalton Voss's daughter. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's this whole sting, and what we we follow along here is there's the drug handoff, and it goes to the delivery at a clan rally on this island. I don't know what's going on here. You know, the Ku Klux Klan it might not be known best for their club scene. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, you know, I can understand if this movie was like they about use, meth. Yes, you know, or oxycotton. But also, yeah. that's a white surprise. Like, it's not the Ku Klux Klan. The Ku Klux Klan are against drugs. Like, are, they would never do like is but white supremacy, like neo Nazis at your membership rally. Is that what they told you? <laughs> well, I mean, is the Klan- I read the pamphlet. <laughs> You know, yeah. by the way, we're against drugs. <laughs> 
Now, to be clear, you read the pamphlet solely because you're a fan of reading pamphlets. Yes. But, uh, so what, wait, the clan is straight edge? No, like, the clan, like, from what I can tell, the clan is more into tradition. Like, that's what their thing is, is that it's all tradition. Whereas white supremacists are kind of just really into, like, the drug business just as, like, a means of operations. So Like, to, from what I understand, Ku Klux Klan is like a club. You go there after work or something. (laughs) <laughs> what, like the Friars? Or like... Uh, well, uh, something like what, that. What was uh, Mr. Cunningham always going to on Happy Days? The Moose Lodge? <laughs> it, was yeah, secret- he's an elf. it was secretly the clan. <laughs> that was code. <laughs> oh, my God. Arthur Cunningham's yeah. secret racist? And they weren't, they weren't burning crosses. Those were just X's. <laughs> They're being straight edge. Well, all right. So but regardless like, tra- of... I mean, traditionally in movies, I'm saying is like, this is the role. This is your skinheads. This is your well, Nazi flag in the background kind of guy. Okay. Well, let me, let me say in uh, American History X, which is, you know, what neo-Nazis are. That's my source of information. <laughs> Daniel Vineyard is against, uh, is against uh, drug use, but I think some of them aren't. Yeah, I think so. I guess it's more of a there's I mean, more just, freedom in in Nazis. I'm I'm honestly taking a lot of this from what I've seen in Law and Order, but uh-huh. uh, <laughs> but and but there are other movies where I've just I've seen them as it's a white supremacist thing. It's not like a okay. So all right. So but the question at hand though, this is a this is a a comedy podcast that discusses bad movies. And I the bad this movie, was a hate crime drug podcast. <laughs> Bad movie at hand is Bad Boys 3. So the question at hand is, are these guys Klansmen in this movie? Because they're dressed in white and wearing hoods. They're yeah. obviously Klansmen, oh, no, right? Clans. I mean, oh, so your I'm argument just that is that it's, it's, it's shockingly, weird. it's a detail in a Michael Bay yeah. movie that they got incorrect. It's you, a thing in Michael Bay movie that just doesn't make any sense. You know what happened? Okay. Michael Bay was sitting back watching Old Brother Where Art Thou and said, I like that. I actually would believe that. that. I would genuinely believe that. Because it was like, what, like a year or two before? That was 99. Yeah. 99, 2000. I think it might have been 2000. 2000, Yeah, Blues Brothers 2000. (laughs) So they drop it off to this Klan rally, and, you know, they're like, all hail the Aryan Brotherhood, blah, blah, blah. And then here we go, because you're sitting there. It's like, wow, we're four minutes into this movie. Where are my bad boys? <laughs> and then off come a couple of hoods, and it's Martin Lawrence and Will Smith, guns toting in both hands like the boondock saints themselves. Oh, shit. <laughs> and it's like, wow, how crazy is this audience? A couple of black guys dressed up in clan outfits. They really got the drop on these rednecks. And, uh, of course, the fucking radios, the Henry Rollins' SWAT team aren't working this is infuriating here's why it's infuriating you can claim radio failure you know and th- and that's fine if it's if it's what's going on because you know will smith is like all right we got guns out hey we bring the backup in everybody radio failure happens okay that's acceptable if these guys didn't have a dude with binoculars with a clear line of sight of what's going on like this guy can clearly see Will Smith and Martin Lawrence have their guns out, and he's like, I can't get a read on what's going on. Looks uh, like they're doing something cool. Here's <laughs> what's going on. The only two black guys at this Klan rally have pulled their guns out, which means your cops that you sent in there, who you know to be black, are in some sort of situation. Get your fucking ass in You're there right? and help out. No, it's like, good. I hate their banter. <laughs> 
<laughs> let him die. Henry Rollins is like, no, 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 hang back. <laughs> if this goes south, we can finally be rid of all that annoying banter. I mean, they sing the theme song from the the show Cops and every then, day. Lo and behold, to be all cocky while they got their guns on these Klansmen, <laughs> they start singing Bad Boys. What assholes. It's I'm sorry. Su- they're such big, fat, puckered assholes in this movie you just pray for their death at every turn you really do it's just and it's the same fucking thing in each goddamn scene that it happens in it's like oh will smith you're too crazy no martin lawrence you gotta stop being spiritual no will smith you gotta stop being crazy (laughs) like that's it and it just escalates and of course it turns into a huge chaotic mess yep Martin, Martin Lawrence, Lawrence gets shot in the ass. Shot in the ass in one of the couple, maybe two or three times in this film. You have the bullet coming out of the gun, and we follow the CG slow motion bullet to its target. Uh-huh. Oh, God. I don't know if this movie started that trend. But I think my- The Matrix might have started that trend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess yeah, you're right. right. I guess it's yeah, sort of just yeah. a bullet time type of thing. But then what's great about this is... That bullet goes through Martin Lawrence's ass. That bullet's all covered with ass blood. Then it goes into this other guy's face. Yeah, that guy's got ass blood all over his face. But you know what the good news is? He doesn't care because he's extremely dead. Because another thing in this movie, by the way, and I get it. Like, they're supposed to be like ragtag cops and whatnot and all these action movies. You know, Bruce Willis is killing people left and right and die hard and whatever. Will Smith in this movie loves killing people. Because there's several times where he's like, hey, Martin Lawrence, why didn't you kill that guy? And Martin Lawrence is like, because I'm a human being. <laughs> like, I'm an officer of the law. Of course I'm not going to just murder he's people. He's a renegade vigilante. He is. He, under the police's protection. He's lost all soul. <laughs> yeah. There's like, nothing. So they have the discussion after the, the raid on the Klan rally's gone down. They realize the bust is, haha, a bust. They only found two bags of X. They thought this was going to be the big score kind of a thing. Will Smith's informant gave them the wrong info. So they're just arguing. And again, we keep saying banter, by the way. Banter is like, wow, these guys have some quick back and forth banter. They're being pretty witty. These motherfuckers just argue with each other. Yeah. Like, it's just petty arguing. Bickering, if yeah. you will. Yes. Yeah, bickering is so the So they're word. just yelling back and forth. And really, the only sort of reference to the first movie comes right here, where he's like, Martin Lawrence is explaining how he's been seeing the shrink and it's helping him. You know, and he's getting kind of spiritual and learning how to control his anger and blah, blah, blah. That's great. And Will Smith mentions, you know, oh, yeah, I've been going to a shrink, too. The captain made me after I shot all those people at the airport. That's the first movie. Uh, But the difference is, like, Martin Lawrence is seeing this, like, nebbishy shrink, whatever. And you cut to Will Smith just getting sucked off by this Sophia Vergara is here for fucking him. Is it Sophia Vergara? No, I'm not. I'm kidding. Like, oh, Jesus. (laughs) It's a Latin beauty. Yeah, it's a Latin beauty. <laughs> I think that's what you're saying, yes. right? I mean, it's bizarre because this woman is dressed pretty much like a stripper, sucking him off in this office. And I'm like, I don't know if I would go. Like, what is this, Hollywood upstairs psychiatry office? Like, it doesn't look like the most legit establishment. I think he's just getting blown by a very professional prostitute. I and I mean, right. he's always talking about how he has that trust fund. Maybe he sets these up. Maybe this is his fetish. Oh, just getting like blown by professionals. Yeah. Like he rents out an entire office and like has it t- <laughs> tastefully decorated. Puts a couple and- Sigmund Freud books around. <laughs> this is the only way I can do it. And I'm going to call you doctor. So then we cut to you know 
who is the source of you know this ecstasy and this is where peter stormare comes in he's a club owner and it is this ridiculous like bacchanal of like people just like fuck dancing and licking these pills off each other i mean ecstasy culture is not something i have any interest in solely because of all the social awkwardness that comes along i mean these people are licking each other's fucking tongues and like oh yeah let me just get in here nobody is not wearing a (laughs) two-piece The whole place is just bathing suits and like do and the dudes are the same way. They're just yeah. like in these cut up things. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And then one of them gets killed. One well, of them no, starts overdosing, yeah. right? And actually, this is a big problem with this movie. Is I think compared to the actor who is the actual villain here, who we'll get to later, but Peter Stormare, I think, is a pretty good actor. He's a good character actor. He's good yeah. at what he does. And in the beginning of this movie. You know, this dude starts ODing in the club, and he's on the phone, and he's like, oh, I have to go. Some motherfucker thinks he can die in my club. And instead of just, like, getting this dude medical attention, they fucking throw him out in the alley to (laughs) die. And I was like, wow, that's some cold shit. This guy's going to make a great villain. Oh, what's that? Oh, he's just some, like, third-tier thug, and some other, like, Cuban guy's going to be, like, the main villain of this movie? All right. Yeah, he turns out to kind of be, like, the comic relief eventually. Oh, when he comes back in this movie at the end, he's a flat-out cartoon character. It is, like, you know, it's like Yahoo Series. Not Yahoo Series. Who am I thinking of? Uh, Uh, Yahoo Series. No, 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 no. Uh, The the, the Russian comic there. Yakov Smirnov. Yeah, Yeah. it's, like, that kind of, like, cartoon Russian nonsense. Like, he gets out of a car and, like, throws a bottle of vodka at a street (laughs) sign, and you're just like, all right, you're just one step away from the arm-folded kick dancing. But he... But he is, in a way, a really big villain because for, for him, a, a nonchalant day is just like uh, throwing someone to die in an alley. But that's what uh, that's what my point is exactly, though. Like that dude does something that cold. Yeah, he's your villain of the movie. I don't need this other fucking crazy dude. Just make Peter Stormare this rich drug pushing millionaire kind of a thing. But we just deal with this Cuban guy later no, on. It's they'd rather shitty. him just be a goofball, and the Cuban guy is just yeah, like Johnny Tapia is the real. He the real really, deal he really here. fucks shit up. So but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But before even that stuff happens, we have to deal with fucking this subplot involving uh, Will Smith, Mike Lowry, and Marcus's Martin Lawrence's sister Gabrielle Union. Right. So in comes Gabrielle Union, and she's playing Sid, Sid, Sidney Martin Lawrence's sister, who I don't believe they even mentioned in the first movie right oh no absolutely no not. this is a completely new creation no. and uh you know she's there and you know she works for the dea but as far as they know she's just this paper pusher she's coming over for a barbecue at this mansion that martin lawrence owns i don't know how he's he, on the this take. is amazing because actually my note I have, I have a note written down that says mansion because i got the same <laughs> guy i'm dead it, serious you can look at it right there it is on the water it's like two stories. It's humongous. There's no way. Like, unless Teresa Randall, like, runs Whole Foods, there's no way that this place can, like, be a cop salary. It's ridiculous. No, and the thing, the thing that makes no sense is he has this gorgeous-ass house, right? And he's bitching about this $3,900 shit-ass above-ground pool that they have. And he's, like, you know, sitting in this thing, and his kids are like... Daddy, this pool's a piece of shit. And he's like, this pool cost me $3,900. You know, and it's like, um, so you're complaining about that, but the McMansion that you have to pay all this property tax on, like, 
How is that balancing out? Is literally everything? Are you like maybe he's house poor? I guess is, oh, no. You know, he's got he's got to be crooked, man. I don't know if he's on the take or if he's like doing some other busts that he's not like reporting just off in people just taking, taking that stuff. money, probably taking the drugs and selling them at the clubs. But why would you buy a shitty pool? Because I already bought the house. Oh, but, so you're, is he? He probably he, didn't have enough, and he's oh, like, "It's like you got to keep up with the Joneses. You need a pool. You, Everyone's got a pool." Do you think it's maybe one of those like Lethal Weapon Four situations where we're, we don't hear it, but like Teresa Randall, who plays Martin Lawrence's wife, she's writing like romance novels oh, under a presumed man. name. Isn't that just <laughs> a frustrating <laughs> reveal in that sequel? Her real name is Jessica Fletcher. <laughs> she's she's the, the popular murder she wrote. <laughs> Yeah, right. For our younger listeners out there, there was once a a classic mystery series starring Angela Lansbury. You know, I'm kind of a detective of my own. (laughs) That's my Angela Lansbury. I don't know. This might be some comedian's bit, so I don't want to harp on it too much. But, like, you would never invite Jessica Fletcher over for dinner. Because someone's going to get killed. Yeah. You know, oh, no. She can't go anywhere. A trail of dead in her wake. Which, it's like, true. how does that keep happening? Because I'm killing them. I mean, <laughs> frankly, I'd be moving a lot. Because I'm like, you know what? Maybe this is just bad luck. I shouldn't be in Miami well, anymore. Whenever, whenever a Jessica Fletcher moves into your neighborhood, you should be notified like a sex offender. <laughs> All the door. You everybody might, boards up the windows. You might die. Uh, there's a, uh, just a notice to the neighborhood. There's a super successful murder mystery author that moved into town. Uh, just be aware. Let's everybody keep you know keep an eye behind them. It would be hilarious if she would like have to go door to door like a pedophile and be like, "Look, <laughs> a bunch of people die around yeah. me all the time." Here's a list of my successful <laughs> novels. Please be aware. But they're all based on people who have died in real life. <laughs> and I'm working on a new one. <laughs> and it might star you, my new neighborhood friend. And there's a white house in it. Look at your house. <laughs> uh, so, you know, uh, it's also revealed here, by the way, that Will Smith uh, is together with Gabrielle Union, but uh, they have not informed Martin Lawrence. She expected him to do so. She lives up in New York. He went up for some prisoner transport that we don't see. Uh, but what's great, too, about this scene is, like, she's trying to be all touchy with him because they have developed a relationship together in New York while, they, while he was there. Right. And he's, like, you know, disavowing its existence and, like, pushing her away and yeah. stuff and being, like, a really... <laughs> he's being really weird to both people. Both parties, you know, Marcus and this girl. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. So terrible. It's really what, terrible. What a jerk, man. And, and like, <laughs> open up, dude. I just saw a guy die from X. Like he overdosed and he's dead. Guess what? A new rule for Hollywood in general: five minutes after a guy overdoses, you don't get to do a Beethoven gag <laughs> because this dog, Martin Lawrence's dog, pulls some chain around like the uh, pool, the shitty pool drags it so hard that the thing rips out of the ground and yeah. opens up into the ocean. Ha <laughs> ha, your pool's broken. Take that $3,900 literally down the drain. Literally down the budget. This episode's brought to you in part by Rocket Money, and they have this question for you. They handed to me just now, Mr. Rocket just handed me this. 
Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they pay around $80 a month on subscription services, but the actual total is closer to $200. If you don't know exactly how much you're spending every month, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. And with Rocket Money, you can lower those bills without resorting to having bean dinners every night of the week. You know, you have those bean dinners to try to save some few bucks, but if you were monitoring your spending with Rocket Money, you didn't necessarily need to eat every bean dinner. So find out what all the fuss is about. You know, over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, like the Stars app. Don't get me started. You don't have to go through all the back end of the website anymore. You don't have to call customer service. Rocket Money helps you manage all your finances in one place as well and categorizes everything. It's easy to keep track of a whole budget. Even I can do it and I got rocks in my head. So find out what 3 million people have already done. They've taken the rocket, folks. Stop throwing the money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash WHM. That is rocketmoney.com slash WHM. Once more, rocketmoney.com slash WHM, which stands for We Hate Movies. <laughs> but how cool was that, man? We got to see water. Yeah. And, it, and went out to like, the ocean or whatever, because this is how wealthy this guy is. He's got goddamn Riviera it's, it's property. Like, it's yeah. like canal front property. Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Beautiful place. Uh, all right. So Gabrielle Union's like, hey, I got some business to take care of. You know, I'll, I'll see you guys later. Enjoy your family barbecue, blah, blah, blah. So it turns out she's actually UC. She is undercover with the DEA, uh-huh. taking care of business with Peter Stormare, like doing a big X deal. I guess also a big problem in Miami as far as like, you know, crime, we've got these like ex runners and all this shit. Uh, also, Haitian pirates is an issue here. Yep. Because uh, these Haitian pirates hijack this drug deal or try to, and it's this big, ridiculous chase scene, like with Gabrielle Union, you know, trying to outrun these dudes so she can get the money. To, to, I guess, Johnny Tapia's people. By the way, let's say this up front. This is a confusing, convoluted-ass movie. I, I've, I've now seen this movie five times in my life. <sighs> well, that's congratulations. Welcome uh, to Five well, Timers no, no, Club. that's a slit your throat congratulations. <laughs> but I, this is what it is, is that she's doing money laundering for Peter Stormare in the hopes that Peter Stormare will ask her to do the money laundering for Johnny Tapia. Oh, yeah. All right. So arrange the meeting yeah. f- and to Johnny Tapia. By the way, she has this, I got, she's got, they got this like secret truck. It's like surveillance. Like oh, this God. Fr- the product place. Oh, this that's movie. what I'm getting to. Because <laughs> guess what? Man, did I crave a Miller Genuine Draft <laughs> while watching this It is this fucking movie. everywhere. All is, over the place. Like it, the truck pulls into screen. You see the giant logo for Miller Genuine Draft. I'm like, and it goes. We cut. We cut from that. I'm like, oh, was that just a? Sh- that was that just product placement? Oh no! Don't worry. The truck's gonna do some cool stuff soon. Oh and yeah. And that's how cool it is to have Miller Genuine. Draft. It's Gabriel Union's secret money laundering like laboratory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous. It's like Walter White's RV, you know, but just for money laundering. She's cooking the books. I love it. If she, <laughs> she walked out and Q walked out right after her and like, we have your money laundering weaponry right here. I would love it. Uh, so, yeah, there's a big chase scene, and, you know, it goes 
this, I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, cars are flying off parking garages. Bodies are flying everywhere. It's this huge high-speed... Ch- I mean, this is... It's the famous one from the trailer. Like, they hijack a car carrier truck, and they're hucking cars at the cops and all this shit. And by the way, I mean... Like, this shit's going on. Police cars are literally exploding all over the place. And a few minutes from now, Joe Pantaleano is about to sit here and tell us, thank God no cops were killed. Are you kidding me? Oh, they absolutely got killed. cars are going up in flames. Like, these dudes are not surviving this shit. I think he said at one point, like, three are critical. I'm like, yeah, 300 are critical. Yeah, he's like, we we got a bunch of brothers downtown in critical condition. No, no. They're at the morgue in the best possible condition you can be at the morgue. Charred. The climactic bank robbery from Heat is like half of this, maybe. Well, you guys should be proud. You just made the corner a lot of money. (laughs) So what's really nauseating in this movie to me is the sequence where they go to this Haitian pirate's hideout or house or whatever. Uh, because it's, it's, uh, you know, they're on one side of a wall and all these dudes are in the other room on another side. And it's a lot of just shooting through this wall. And Michael Bay Ugh. decides it's going to be great to have this like 360 camera just flying around in a circle in mm-hmm. this movie, you know, in this scene while they're yelling. And it's this one continuous thing. I wanted to vomit like this roller coaster ride of garbage. And it's loud as Fuck and it, like it's it, it, it's a really uh, an unpleasant experience all around. It's like <laughs> it's it's seriously like sensory overload. Like you think your eardrums are gonna bleed. And I guarantee you, as Michael Bay, like oh fucking yeah, do oh, it. Oh yeah, throttle that shit. Yeah, I, my ass will just puckered up. <laughs> Go to red level. Pull it to red. I mean the the problem with this movie, and you know again why it's so long, is there's just so many scenes of like. Okay, let's go to this person for information. Oh, it's going to turn into a big shootout slash chase scene. That's over with. Now we're going to get yelled at by Joe Pantaleano for a few minutes. Then we're going to get another lead. And then we're going to steal Dan Marino's car. (laughs) Because, hey, Miami, right? Dan Marino. That's what you wanted. He's He's the city's treasure. He soured himself on me with this. I was like, you did Ace Ventura. You were great in Ace Ventura. Oh, he's so fantastic in Ace Ventura. And now, man, you're just fucking giving the keys to goddamn Will Smith. Really, just, you know what? Stop it. So the whole, the big tip that they get from the Haitian pirates uh, that they don't murder is that there's this one Haitian pirate uh, who who enjoys filming all of his criminal activity. Well, isn't that convenient? Uh, so they've got a video camera that has a hole in the viewfinder. So they go. This is an embarrassing sequence. They go to an electronics store. This is an amazing. This sequence. is insanity. So they go to this electronics store. It's like a mom and pop operation, and they go to this kid and they're like, "We need to see what's on this tape." And someone shot the viewfinder, which it's like. They didn't shoot the tape, so just take yeah. the tape out of the camera. And oh, you don't know about any of that? Okay, that's fine. You don't understand how video cameras work because you're fucking idiots in this movie. Great. Well, while fucking Martin Lawrence was vamping in the room full of corpses a minute ago, Wait, are you are, are they saying that you can't check a tape of something like at the police station when the police have some type of thing? Do they actually just go to shops? And like wave their gun around to I get guess, things done. I mean, maybe it's like we don't have time to get back to the station, but it's bullshit because there is a techno nerd dude that they harass yeah. later in the movie. From the first movie. Yeah, yeah. He, so just 
take it to that guy. Why not? Because like, if you're going to have this guy in there, there was no reason for him to be in there you know, from the fucking first place. Well, who in the theater was like, oh, God, the nerdy <laughs> tech guy is back. Fuck ass is back. No, I mean, <laughs> like, and it is that kind of situation where like, who gives a shit? It's like yeah. you could have had another scene with that guy, but instead, you know, the, the point of having this badge is so I could put it in someone's face and tell them what to do. Exactly. So they go into this place. And they're watching this on the monitor, and it's like, oh, here's a dude. You know, people are like, you know, smoking weed and whatever. Oh, okay, here's like a here's the you know the a picture of a boat or so. I don't know what the clue they home. get here. Oh, right, the funeral home. Oh, that funeral home's owned by Johnny Tapia's mother. Oh, that's a a, a nice clue. Okay, yeah, uh, cut to. Oh my God, this woman's getting fucked on camera, <laughs> and it turns into this sex tape. And then the most implausible thing of all time is the kid is like. Oh, all right. Well, listen, my dad owns this store. I better turn this off. He would find this inappropriate. Whoops. Instead of pressing the off button, I pressed the turn it onto 50 other TVs in the store button. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Just pull the cords. That's Just all you need to do. Pull the cord. Uh, I can't stand stuff like this where it's like, oh, no, this electronic device is getting out of control and I can't stop it. Turn it off. <laughs> turn it off. So this woman's just getting railed on this camera and like all these people are like, what is going on? <laughs> This woman gets offended. Like, all these old people are yelling at this kid, and the dad comes up like, what the fuck's going on in my store? And blah, blah, my blah. goddamn store. Like, it's like, it's But stressed. then he can't get this thing turned off, and all these, it's like these two guys who are supposed to be, like, electronic salesmen can't turn off this tape. Oh, he turns it off, and he turns it to Martin Lawrence and Will Smith in the, like, special camera room where, like, they have a showcase room, I guess, for the different right. cameras. And they're having this dialogue. Like... This is not so much bickering as just Martin Lawrence fucking debasing himself. Oh, absolutely debasing himself. And, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know what this movie needs? A clever misunderstanding. (laughs) Because the whole thing is like, Martin Lawrence says, you know, ever since you shot me in the ass, like, my ass still kind of hurts from what you did to it, but yeah, I can't get erections anymore. And all these people, of course, it's being broadcast to the entire right. store. And it's just like 50 goddamn gay jokes. Just right just in a row. It's so terrible. 50 of a total of 89,762 that are in this fucking movie. And I mean, how many of them are good? You know, like uh, If you're going to do this joke, <laughs> do it well. Just find like one if you want to make a joke. You don't half-ass a gay joke. <laughs> And there's even there's even a cut to a gay couple watching this thing and, yes. and, and like being like that man is pouring his heart out. Oh, he's such an asshole. Yeah, because like Martin Lawrence is saying all this stuff, it's being taken out of context, and then Will Smith is being like, "I don't want to hear about your broken dick and all this shit. Like, put this all in your shut the fuck up box and throw it in the river." You know, he's being like classic prick. You know, Mike Lowry in this movie. Just riff. Yeah, just yeah, just go with it. And so all these people are just horrified. And then they get out, and like, there's this, like, you know, big uh, husky woman who's, like, getting all their face, like, you sick motherfuckers, get the fuck out. And it's like, oh, so now we've had all these horrible gay jokes. There's a couple of gay stereotypes over there. And then this woman hates gay people. <laughs> it's like, get your fucking disgusting ass out of this store. And you're just like, Oh my God, can we end this ignorant ass scene as quickly as possible? And just for good measure, the little kid asking, What's the direction? Oh, yeah. Just so there's one last joke. Just that little button on top the Hollywood screenwriter had to put in there. Like, yeah. Yeah, this, you know what? This doesn't vilify gay people enough yet. (laughs) Isn't this from the pen of Ron Shelton? 
Um, who or what is Ron, I think Ron Shelton. Shelton is the guy who did um, like the contender and all that. Uh, Ron Shelton and Jerry Stahl wrote, wrote the screenplay. Am I uh, wrong in that Ron Shelton is the? Uh, well, Ron Shelton, let's see. Uh, Bad Boys 2, Hollywood Homicide, Play to the Bone, Tin Cup, Great White Hype, Cobb, Blue Chips. We were just talking about Blue Chips last week. Uh, White Man Can't Jump. Oh, Blaze, Bull Durham, The Best yep. of Times and Under Fire. Well, this guy wrote a lot of good movies. Yeah, so he wrote Bad yeah. Boys 3, or 2. Wow, I really want this third <laughs> fucking movie to come out. Jesus. From the pen of Ron Shelton comes this. This guy who has done nothing but good comedies. And that's kind of the problem, and it's always kind of the problem with Michael Bay movies in general, is that like you want to be both a really, like, for, to, for a good word, body humor. Yeah. On top of this crazy-ass action, like, gross action stuff. And the mashup just makes it like feel super long, super awkward, and none of it hits. Well, Almost none of the humor hits. Well, well, to be fair, like he might not have even written this scene at all, you know, because yeah. you know in Hollywood they they'll replace people, they'll get people to punch it up. Director as actors input, you know, it yeah, just, or it gets just, mutated. I mean, and especially Frank this Miller scene. did a pass on this. <laughs> what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> Yep. There, there ain't enough terrorist jokes in this. <laughs> and this is a post-9-11 movie, so you bet there's fucking dirty terrorist jokes to be We're told. We're going to go back to the original terrorists, Cubans. <laughs> Cuba, the world's original terrorist state. Yeah, they, they, they almost had a nuclear missile stored there once. <laughs> when you pop me from behind, I think you damaged some nerves. Okay. Now, I, I can't... Nah, I can't. can't what? I can't even get an erection. What's an erection? So they determine that uh, they get a name of a boat off of some of this garbage. So it's like, oh, all right. Uh, I remember that boat. That's from when we busted those rednecks. Let's get Michael Shannon in this movie, who I did not know at the time it was Michael Shannon. I saw this movie twice in theaters when it came out. You know, and it was before Michael Shannon is Michael Shannon right. now, yeah. you know. Well, this is fresh off Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Man, oh, man, Kangaroo Jack. Couldn't even watch it. Watch the first 10 minutes. Turn it right uh, I, 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 it's, It was sitting in my Netflix queue for so long. I'm like, one day I have to watch this for the show. And it just never happened. That's what I tried to do, and I couldn't. It was like 10, 15 minutes. Turned it right the fuck off. I don't even think I got to Kangaroo Jack. I think I got to Kangaroo Jack, and that's when I left. <laughs> oh, oh, the talking kangaroos here. Stop. <laughs> oh, Jar Jar Binks the movie? <laughs> <laughs> so they go on a stakeout with Michael Shannon, and it's the two of them, Michael Shannon and Gabrielle Union's there, too. And, you know, it's this it's this whole thing, you know, she's sort of in with Johnny Tapia now and they're trying to make make this bust or whatever. And this is where all the emotions get laid out on the table because I have to take these characters seriously for some reason. And, you know, this is where it's revealed to Martin Lawrence, you know, that the two of them have this relationship. Martin Lawrence gets all sorts of upset, you know, because earlier in the film he accuses Will Smith of like. You know, trying to be controlling with his family because, you know, Mike Lowry doesn't have one. And he's like, oh, great. And now you're fucking my sister. So, okay, perfect. You really just want to take over my family. That's fine. You know, they just have this big fight. For good reason. Like, uh, Martin Lawrence, like, they try to make this an even thing where, like, Martin Lawrence is more, like, weird uh, asides and, like, kind of strange way of expressing himself. 
uh, and the spiritual, the woo-saw bullshit. Oh, woo-saw. Holy shit. Who, like, who gives a fuck? But, like, he is so clearly the better person yeah. in every scene. Hands down. And so in this scene, like, he's just like, look, uh, I'm, you know, I'm done with you. Uh, I'm getting transferred. Fuck this. Yep. Uh, and so then we find out where the trade is happening. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, my 20s, while being a lot of fun, a lot of the time, were pretty rough. I wasn't exactly rolling in dough. I lived at home until I was about 25. And for most of it, I didn't have this show or you lovely people in my life. I just kind of drifted around without direction. and didn't know where to voice that. Then I started to get my crap together one piece at a time. And the last piece, which didn't come until my early 30s, was therapy. And man, I wish it came along sooner. Ever since I started sitting down as a licensed therapist, I've had a place to voice my insecurities and try to fashion plans to help me achieve my goals. So that's why I'm thrilled we're sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be flexible, convenient, and suited to meet your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and the good thing is you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash WHM today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash W-H-M. <sighs> There's some sort of trade going down. I don't know. There's it's too around, much in this movie. Really, I mean, this is around the time. This is what I want to mention. There's two annoying things that happened right in a row here. So we're about to start car chase number 7042. And uh, they're like, oh, man, we don't have a car for some reason. Let's commandeer this car. Hilarious Michael Bay cameo, and Michael Bay's driving a shitty and car. The, the everybody, old fisherman's cap. Yeah, he's on. got the big old bucket hat oh, on. He looks man. like uh, he looks like uh, that old fucker from The Walking Dead. Dale. 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 Yes, thank you. Uh, <laughs> so then they're like, "That car's not good enough." The one Michael Bay's driving. Let's take the one that Dan Marino is taking for a test drive. And you're just <laughs> like, Jesus fucking Christ! Please, can we just get to it? Whatever yeah. it is, can we just fucking get? Can you stop? Can we not have a discuss like a, a, a Tarantino-esque discussion in every action you make? Can you just walk into a house? You know what? No. <laughs> and, and I need a car that's fly enough so I can drive. It's got to be it. Jag or better. I can't be seen in that. It's like, hey, by the way, Will Smith, if you did take the shitty car that Michael Bay's character was driving... Uh, it's called being inconspicuous. Like, there's multiple times in this movie where he rolls up next to these criminals driving down the street, and they look at him, and then uh, notice it's two dudes who they may have seen before driving a flashy car, and then Will Smith being like, oh no, they somehow made us. <laughs> well, of course they made you, you fucking idiot! You're driving a goddamn Dodge fucking Viper! Like, you're driving these beautiful fucking yeah, cars. Yeah, it's like they pull up like a like, uh, neon orange Lamborghini with flamethrowers on it, and being like, no, I don't notice oh, no, this. They're, like, so much worse than James Bond with that shit. Like, it, it, fucking, there's a scene where they're about to go on an, another undercover assignment, and uh, Martin Lawrence is just in a normal t-shirt, 
and fucking Will Smith comes out on the, in this neon purple something or other. Oh my god, it's like a fucking Prince Halloween costume. It's out of control. And, and of course it's slow motion, like putting the jacket on, looking like oh, a suave yeah. motherfucker. Another time to put on the P. Diddy song. Yeah, shake those tails. Welcome fellas. to Miami. Ame, 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 ame. Whatever uh, that Will Smith song was. Yeah, get you the know. jigs out. <laughs> <laughs> Getting them jigs. That's get that's jiggy it. with it. Na 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 na. I believe is. Uh, I like my way better. <laughs> well, then you're just talking about like Irish step dance or something. <laughs> yes. Which I would love to see Will Smith attempt. By the way, <laughs> speaking of Will Smith dancing, quick side note here. I don't. I don't want to lose track of talking about the shitty movie. Have you guys seen Will Smith and Jaden Smith on the Graham Norton show? No. Oh, I did not. It's fucking awesome. Because it's the two of them, and they're they're plugging that After Earth nonsense, whatever. Woo. But Graham Norton and Will Smith are talking about something, and he's like, Will Smith is like, oh, last time I was on your show, I I rapped or I, I did something, and he's like, oh, I thought I could do you one better. So him and Jaden get up, nice. and out comes DJ Jazzy Jeff, <laughs> and he does the fucking Fresh Prince rap, right? And Ooh. then... Alfonso Ribeiro comes out and they do Tom Jones and they're doing the fucking Carlton dance. It is fantastic. Like, say what you want about After Earth, whatever. I still haven't seen it, but like, it is a fantastic piece of television. Hilariously, also, other guests on the program, presumably promoting Hangover 3, is uh, 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 Ed Helm? No, uh, the stud. Bradley Cooper. Cooper. Yeah. Promoting Hangover 3 is Bradley Cooper and then Heather Graham is there. And while Will Smith is doing the Fresh Prince rap, Heather Graham is ridiculously dancing. Like, dance like no one's watching Heather Graham. Like, it is redonkulous. (laughs) By herself? No, well, because, like, they're, you know, he's doing the rap and everybody's, like, having a good time. But she is just, like, eyes closed, fucking dancing her soul away. Oh, she's probably, like, on something. She could have been fucked up. Yeah, I don't know. She might have been drunk. The X said hit kicked in. (laughs) Yeah, there's a little something from the set of Bad Boys, too. Just take a little. So anyway, it's on YouTube. Totally recommend checking that. It's a nice little. It's it's one of those things where you're like, yeah, there is evil in the world, but there's also this video. Unless they're doing summertime, I'm not interested. <laughs> oh, a purist. Oh. <laughs> I see. Uh, so by the way, so this is like they realize this funeral parlor's involved. So like they're chasing this truck, and all these fucking bodies are flying out. Will Smith's just driving over like six heads. It's <laughs> disgusting. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> that's the that's the that's the reaction the audience was supposed to have. And also, like, dude, you know what I like out of a hero, Chris? What? When they desecrate corpses? Yeah, that's always <laughs> the one you want to go for. I, I wish Superman. You know what? I hope when Man of Steel comes out next week, he desecrates a couple of corpses. And if he forgets to desecrate one of them, I want him to fly around the Earth and then make sure he <laughs> desecrates that body. Oh no, I forgot to desecrate that corpse. Whoosh, 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 whoosh. <laughs> Time travel. Desecrate. Okay, we're caught up to that, speed. Not only am I going to kill you, I'm going to fuck with your body. He just like <laughs> puts he puts General Zod's like corpse in a dog park and says like. <laughs> Have at it. Go to town, boys. <laughs> all, the, all these super dogs come out and eat his. That would be body. my. If if he takes his dick out first, though, right? If Man of Steel yes. ends, if Man of Steel ends that way, I forgive Sucker Punch. Wow. That if that's how that ends, I forgive Sucker Punch. <laughs> but cr- that's like the only way I forgive Sucker Punch. You know, uh, 
with regard to whether or not I've seen Sucker Punch, by the way, to quote our friend Steve Sadek, still haven't, still happy, by yeah, the way. Yep. I just I never you saw are that dancing fucking, on sunshine. You, you guys both saw it? I saw it. Um, I was inebriated. I don't remember nice. a lot of it, but I remember it being very hurtful. It's, like a, it's such a bad movie that it's, it hurts. It's like when you're a kid and you like you first get your shot and you're just like, I don't want to look at it. I don't want to look at it. Ow! <laughs> Uh, so they get in trouble with Joe Pantaleano again. Martin Lawrence is fucking furious at this point. It's, and this is actually been... my favorite scene in the movie because he's like, do you know what happens every time just a body falls onto the street? I have to call this guy. I have to call <laughs> this guy. I have to pay him. I have to do it. Like, I have to do all this shit. All these cleaning that, crews. And that's just for one body landing on the street. You have just fucking massacred five people mm-hmm. and then desecrated a bunch of empty corpses. But he doesn't care because he's just trying to get this Johnny Tapia and Joey Pants just does not understand. Just like parents. Uh-huh. They don't understand either. He would be Fresh off, Prince. Yeah. off the force. Oh, easy. Oh, yeah. And you know what's funny is you expect in movies like this some form of like, turn over your badge. I need your weapon. Not once is that even brought up as like a possibility. Just would, don't do it again. Here's an Uzi. <laughs> <laughs> Here's an Uzi and a hundred thousand dollar car. So this is where Martin Lawrence is like, I'm sick and tired of your shit. FYI, I already signed my transfer papers. After we nail Johnny Tapia, fuck you, this is over with. And you're like, oh no, is this the end of the bad boys? Oh yes, is this the end of the bad boys? Thank God. Uh, but so then we have to have another Martin Lawrence at home scene. Will Smith comes in, and it's Martin Lawrence's daughter's big night. She's going on her first date, Ugh. and we need to we need to get in some threatening a a sixteen year old boy with 15. rape. Oh, fifteen. Oh, yeah. Excuse me, it's, fifteen. It's even younger. Uh, with 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 the threat of rape is in this movie. So, or getting shot. Well, they're sizing this guy up, and they're like, you know, you could take out my daughter. Busting his balls a little bit. Well, yeah, they're they're putting on a real show here. But then they really take it too, too far. Well, Martin Lawrence is like, he opens the door like, what the fuck do you want? And you're like, all right, this is where this is going to go. All right, he's, it's very, you know, humor-filled, just busting this kid's balls. Then Will Smith comes out brandishing a firearm and an open bottle of liquor. Saying he just got released from prison. You ever made love to a man? No. You want to? And you're just like, why are you going to fuck this kid? And then they're just like, are you a virgin? Oh, yeah. He's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Then Martin Lawrence is like, you can stay that way. No fucking tonight and all this shit. And I was like, oh, my God. This I want to really- see the next scene where this kid and this girl get in the car. He's like, your uncle just threatened to rape me. Hey, uh, is that guy over a lot, or is he staying there? Is he going to be here when we get back? And I mean, I, you know, I appreciate this kind of a scene. It's so over the top, though. Like, I I remember one time me and my brother and my father were sitting there. We were watching a Ranger game, right? And uh, this this fella comes a-calling for my younger sister, right? So this asshat comes in the house. Motherfucker makes the mistake of going, a hockey game? Why are you watching this? My father turns around and goes, because it's my house. <laughs> and this dude shut the fuck right up. Classic my dad. That is completely legitimate, and that should happen. And you know what? My dad didn't put a gun in this kid's yeah. face and threaten to fuck him. <laughs> yeah. Also, he this... didn't threaten him with rape? <laughs> no, it's such a missed opportunity. 
I heard that's funny, according to Bad Boys 2. It's like you've got alcohol, you're threatening to rape this kid, and you've got a loaded weapon in this kid's face, and the way Will Smith's holding this gun, the finger's on the trigger. I was waiting for that Pulp Fiction moment. <laughs> oh my god, if you shot Martin in the head, like, this... This would be, one, a completely better movie and a completely different movie. Oh, yeah, and oh, then the but... rest of the movie is them trying to get away with murder. Or Will no. Smith on death row. No, oh, in good. this mo- no, in this movie, like in any other movie, you're right. Yes, in this movie, right. it would just be him sitting down with Joe Pantoliano and him just like woo-sawing and like, woo-saw, I can't believe you shot this kid right in the head. Yeah, what would really happen, you're right, in this movie, <laughs> Will Smith would throw a couple ecstasy pills on his fucking bladdered out head what was left of the head and then it would just be swept under the rug because that's what the law is Yo, uh, sea John... captain, he was dealing drugs there's uh, one, there's one. johnny tapia did that <laughs> oh yeah captain you should have seen it this nice boy was coming to take my goddaughter out on a date and then johnny tapia drove by and killed him well actually he drove by he got out of the car he took my gun and then and, cause, and then <laughs> shot him in the face. Well, actually, he had my fingers pull the trigger because he held my hand, and it hurt real bad. He actually paralyzed me. He gave me a full paralytic, and then he so, held my hand up to shoot the boy. He gave me a solid Vulcan nerve pinch <laughs> and fucking took over. That's why the ballistics are like that. That's why... Uh, there's also an interesting thing here that I want to note. Uh, this movie obviously shot on location in the city of Miami. My wife, born and raised in Miami, Florida. There's a scene in this in this part of the movie where Will Smith's all like, man, oh, man, I can't believe my partner hates my guts. I remember back in high school when we were good buddies signing each other's yearbooks. Will Smith takes out the yearbook, Miami Palmetto High School, my wife's high school. Nice. Appears in this movie in yearbook form. She went to high school with Will Smith? Yep, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> and of course, in the picture, he's got the headgear and the like, yeah, fucking Poindexter of course glasses. He was, he was a big nerd, so he's making up for it by being the fuck machine that is Mike Lowry. Also, by the way, in the yearbook, he has signed it, uh, we ride together, we die we, together, bad, bad boys, boys for life. life. Yeah. Is that not supp- isn't the bad boys thing supposed to be like, didn't they get it from the fucking song? Or have they always oh, just I, said? I guess they would have always have said it then. Because I just assume that that's what they, they got from the song, and that's why they keep saying singing the song. So I guess you could just be and like, why? "Hey, we're a couple of bad boys. We're the bad boys." And then luckily, this song came but, along, so they also had a theme song for their game. I mean, I can, but it's also more. It's uh, that's. I mean, that's a P. That's a P. Diddy thing. Is. Bad, bad boy, boys. bad boy entertainment. Oh yeah, yeah, bad yeah, yeah, boy yeah. for but, life. Like right. that's a strong, and like that record wasn't really popular until like ninety five, ninety six. Wait, in high school you're running around, you're you're saying we're gonna be bad boys for life, and then you sign up for the police. <laughs> I guess there's a thin line between criminal and it's cop. that it's that thin blue line, man. Also, my wife said she met both of them, and Martin Lawrence was a dick, and Will Smith was very nice. Makes sense. But then Martin went into rehab like right after this, so who knows what demons he was battling. It's just ironic, though, because in this movie, Mike Lowry is such a fucking disgusting pain in the ass. And poor Marcus, you just want to you know, I see guess, in a different movie. I guess that they are good actors. And <laughs> I think that's confirmed now. And soon enough, we're in another movie. The Bay of Pigs 2? Yes. <laughs> so the next scene is they go to John and Tapia's funeral home. Oh, God. And they're rooting around there. And they go into this, uh, I guess it's a morgue. 
Well, it's a funeral parlor, and they just go into the back area where all, where all the, the bodies you know, are. Uh, I almost I said taxidermy, but that's not what it is. I guess it's sort of like a morgue. Yeah, it's it's, oh, it's a, the it's, back room where you're taking out all the organs and well, putting you, you sawdust in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you got to prep these bodies. They don't do that at morgues necessarily. Well, you and, know, it's the corpse room. Everyone's got one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're just at the corpse room. And speaking of desecrating corpses, oh Jesus! Here comes our fucking, you know. We did everything else. Had to do everything. Fucking dead bodies. <laughs> Why not some necrophilia humor just to just, just for the folks to take something home with Why them? Why do I have to go to this movie and see Will Smith go gaga over a set of some dead babe's big hooters? <laughs> <laughs> it is egregious. It's just he's just looking at these big dead breasts. His dead know, flesh, and it's like riling up that killer inside of him. Because he's a sociopath. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't get true. the difference really, between like somebody who's dead and alive. And he's just sitting like, there like, I want to make a suit out of this woman. If it was just the bad boy there, not the bad boys there, he would have gone to town on this corpse. Oh, yeah. I I don't know if there's an like an actual like Will Smith damn which is featured quite well, a bit in this movie. He's looking at it so long that Marcus has to tell him to stop. Yeah, it's at it. it's a real get a good look Costanza right here. He's like <laughs> yeah. he's like, are you serious right now? Get yourself together. What? Like, They're just, nice. Yeah, exactly. Keep nice a, titties. What? <laughs> I don't care if they're dead. They're still... What, just because she's dead, she's got ugly breasts, Marcus? It would be funny if it said that he was just like... He turned over and there's was like a guy's... Like an old man's like crotch. And he's just looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, you fell for it, Will Smith. You fell for it. A, a lady boy there. Mike! <laughs> what? Nice ball sack. <laughs> Man's got a nice scrotum. <laughs> So, of course, this gets botched, too, because they're trying to, like, distract all the people at the funeral parlor. There's uh, there's a couple of uh, other agents that they're, you know, buddies with well, that are helping them along. This is a shitty thing, again, from the first movie where um, they had these two um, uh, Latin uh, detectives that were kind of like their opposite, their foils in the department, essentially. Right. One of which is played by the dude. I don't remember the character's name. But uh, on Seinfeld, Kramer's always running yep. afoul of the aggressive gay couple. Uh-huh. The Hispanic dude from Seinfeld is this guy. Yeah. I think his name, no, Ramon was the pool boy on Seinfeld. I don't remember the dude's name, but yeah, yeah. Okay. When they're trying to get like the chest of drawers or whatever. Yeah, yeah. the armoire. The armoire. The armoire. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's that, that guy. Who we are taking this. Who yeah. doesn't want to wear the ribbon? Yeah, yeah. who doesn't want to wear the ribbon? Is it? Yeah, that guy, exactly. Uh, and they're they're from the first. It's the same two yeah, actors, it's the too, same guys, yeah, and okay. they're back again. And like every time they're in a joke, it's every time it comes, it's like an immigration joke and like a, a soul food joke. Uh. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. They fire off like a like Martin Lawrence and Will Smith fire off like a racist, you know, Latin thing or a Cuban thing of some kind. They fire back like a racist black thing. Hilarious. And so they um, they create a distraction so they can get out of here. But while they were in there. Two things happen. First, they find out that all the ecstasies are being packed into em- emptied out dead bodies. Correct. Second, and more importantly, which transports us into the other movie, yeah. <laughs> fucking Martin Lawrence 
accidentally two ecstasy pills get dropped into a glass of water he's drinking. Yes. And he just downs them. Somehow he didn't feel two fucking pills going down your throat. It's so stupid. Keep in mind that if you're going to do ecstasy, it was probably stored in a dead corpse. <laughs> and the health standards, you don't know what you're getting yeah. into. Oh, listen, everybody, you know. From the ground, take it down. Pill form, you better be knowing where you got it this from. This might tell be you the next start of the plague. This might be the Black <laughs> Plague be. coming back. This is how the zombie apocalypse happens. We start taking pills from corpses, <laughs> and then it's like, oh, no, I'm turning into an ecstasy-filled zombie. If anybody found that shit out, the ecstasy business would be going down the tubes. But it's so stupid. So it's like two pills pop in, and it's into the glass, and you're like, oh, man, someone's drinking this, and like... The reason he drinks the water is because he's so disgusted by corpses that he keeps vomiting. Like, a dude's top of his skull falls off and he vomits, you know. So he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chug these pills. Then these dudes come back. And Martin Lawrence has to, like, bunk with the babe corpse for a little bit. Like, Will Smith hides in a closet. So the guys are going to, like, take the woman in next to be, you know, filled with pills and whatnot. So Will Smith's distraction is drive that ambulance into this building. Just not because, hey, guys, how else am I going to murder Johnny Tapia? So drive the fucking car into the building so we can continue this Guys, case. we have to end this Tim Burton scene, so let's just <laughs> fucking get in here and crash the thing. Martin Lawrence's corpse bride. <laughs> that would be a movie. Martin Lawrence marrying. Like, he's about to marry the woman of his dreams and she dies. And then, like, he brings her back to life like Frank and Weenie. And then he <laughs> stuffs her full of pills. <laughs> That Frankenweenie movie, by the way, is pretty good. Yeah, I liked that. Oh, really? I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's yet. not I bad. Was, I, I was hesitant, but uh, just because of Tim Burton's track record. Last, last year was a good year. It for was Burton. a good year. Dark, yeah, Shadows, Dark Shadows, I Shadows. really like. Yep. Mm-hmm. I just I could do without that. Uh, what's her name? Chloe Moritz. Uh, oh, Chloe Grace, Grace Moritz. Moritz yeah. 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 A, a teenage werewolf at. She's probably yeah. Movie. She would be the weak link. I would say. But so here comes the scene, man. <sighs> so they decide after this, after this disaster. <laughs> they're gonna go at like 11 p.m. at night to go fucking talk to Joe Pantoliano about getting uh, getting like all the stuff for a, a big sur- get a siege. big old Johnny Tapia warrant going on, and we're gonna get everything. And they leave their Cuban partners holding the fucking bag at this funeral parlor. By the way, they like sneak out the back door. These dudes have to play cleanup with all this. Yeah, shit. that's what they get for not being one of the bad boys. <laughs> yeah, they're not part of the bad boys. Right. <laughs> so. So, of course, the ecstasy starts kicking in, and here we go. A hilarious scene of Martin Lawrence on ecstasy. Now, this is one of those, like, just tell Joe Pantaleano what happened, and it's fine. Yeah. But no, 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 no. It's Will Smith being, like, trying to distract Joe Pantaleano, like, look at my camera, all this shit. This guy has forgiven murder upon (laughs) murder on your part. Cold-blooded desecration of life. Oh, yeah. Cops, the whole thing. Fucking he would do a tap dance. Oh, all you did is take ecstasy? Fucking fantastic! You know, okay, actually, this is I, this is this should be called Michael Bay's Bad Lieutenant. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely yeah. right. It's double dose of Bad Lieutenant in this movie. <laughs> the Bad Lieutenants. <laughs> Martin Lawrence is like licking things and like touching Will Smith's back and yeah. like acting like a freaking wacko. Because that's what drugs does. I guess so. I mean, that's that's ecstasy. You're going you're gonna to lick backs. It's going to be a mess. Uh, yep, licking <laughs> hands. Just, oh, God. And, of course, by the way, when this scene comes to an end and Joe Pantaleano 
obviously finds out what's going on. He's like, all right, wait, what's happening here? What the fuck is he doing? Why is he wearing my bathrobe and drinking water out of a plant vase? Uh, Will Smith's just like, oh, he accidentally ingested ecstasy. Cut to Joe Pantaleano, like, comforting Martin Lawrence, being like, here, you got to get in the shower. You have to keep your body Calling temperature poison down. control. Like, yeah, doing like, what you're supposed to do. It's so fucking stupid. Like, we just sat through this whole ridiculous scene. Like, Well, because it was funny. We yeah, wanted the, to have funny. We wanted funny. Regardless of how funny it is, <laughs> that if you're scared that, you know, oh, the captain's going to overreact, the joke is him being like, he did what? Not, oh, here, please get in the shower. We want to make sure you're okay. Like, you can't spend 10 minutes of him right. oh, build, yeah. in building that scene. You're right. I mean, like, in that scene, it does have to be like, what the fuck, guys? Yeah. Uh, but, like, in because it's a Michael Bay movie and we can't just have a scene where somebody does something. It has to be, you know, fucking Glengarry Glenn Ross yeah. for 15 minutes before we get to anything. What the fuck is going on? He uh, ingested X. You okay, pal? Take it easy. Okay, thank you. Poison lady says we got to keep him cool. Otherwise, he'd burn it up and get brain damage. Uh, so, all right, let's fast forward here quite a ways. There's a raid on Johnny Tapia's house. Peter Stormare is murdered. And Gabrielle Union gets kidnapped to Cuba. So here's the whole thing. Here's where we are. The movie's over with. The drug ring has been foiled. Everything's fine. Oh, I'm sorry. You're not going to believe this. <laughs> It's not a sequel. It's like an eighth of a sequel because we're going to start the next movie at the end of the second movie. We're going to Cuba for 45 minutes. This is the biggest fucking disaster of an ending to a movie I can recall. Like, I remember being in the theater, like, putting my coat on, like, all right, bad boys, too. You weren't great, but whatever. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, what? What's happening? Oh, do I have to put my coat off again? Uh, oh, oh, my uh, God. An international incident. <laughs> we're going to go join the Cuban resistance? This is such fucking bullshit. Like, they don't get any help from the U.S. government because we don't negotiate with terrorists or hostage takers or, I guess, just flat-out communists that we have trade embargoes with at this point. So, you know, they are going to man their own mission. Joe Pantaleano's got some buddies in the CIA to arrest you for trying to do this. (laughs) That's what I would would arrange. Exactly. So we're going to Cuba and all these people are helping out. All these dudes from the DEA who have like worked with Gabrielle Union are like, you know, we need to help get our best agent back with you guys. Henry Rollins' boys are in there. With no Henry Rollins though, which I don't understand. Like, is there a deleted scene where his character retires? Well, no. I want to see the scene where it's like, he's, they're like, yo, Henry Rollins. Going to Cuba, get Gabriel Union. He's like, I'm not. I'm uh, staying home. There's well, a football that sounds, game on. Uh, that sounds tantamount to treason. Yeah. Yeah. Sit home and uh, listen to some old that black sounds, flag recording. That sounds like I'd be in you know a solo cell for the rest of my life. Also, so when Martin Lawrence finds out that Johnny Tapia has indeed kidnapped his sister, uh, he hangs up the phone and says, "Shit just got real," which is beautiful and hot fuzz. Yeah, they go to that. That is yes. unbelievable. So we go to Cuba. It's a big old fucking covert mission. And it's basically a fucking full on American organized assault on the nation of Cuba because there's fucking rocket launchers. There's all sorts of explosions going on. It's a siege on this guy's compound. It's, it's a reverse the great escape. They tunnel their way into In. his compound. <laughs> 
They're using like iguanas and cats to set off motion detectors. It's ridiculous. It is fucking Dr. Seuss's raid on Cuba. It's so <laughs> stupid. It's like it reminded me of the end of Commando because you just like you got these two guys killing thousands of people. Yeah. Like they're blowing up this building. They're shooting soldiers. That's what's crazy is at one point one of the CIA dudes or whoever is like Hey, everybody, the Cuban military is here. And I'm like, oh, well, this just got really horrible. And then well, I guess they, we should probably leave. They just start <laughs> murdering soldiers. I tell you why, because some guy had the random uh, throwaway line like, oh, uh, Tapia uses it for his like his own private military. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's the crazy thing is, according to this movie. Johnny Tapia's drug organization is funneling money to Fidel Castro himself. (laughs) (laughs) With my cigar. You thought I was gone. I'm back for all of you. Like, what the fuck are you? That's communism. Everyone should need to try to work hard at a menial job like being a police officer so that you can get a Lamborghini like the rest of us. In what a fucking f- mansion on the fucking water. What if what this false hopes of capitalism that are shoved into this movie, it's just disgusting propaganda. It, it honestly really is. It's also written by people who don't understand Money? what's going on in Cuba. I well, mean, but yeah, it. you know. But, you know, yeah. pri- the, the super privileged. Yeah, I mean, you know, Will Smith is the exception to this because it's already set up he's got a trust fund but i mean again like to go back to martin lawrence's house like just work really hard and you can have sports cars and a great house and whatever it's like these dudes are on a city cop salary i don't care that it's the extravagant city of miami you're still a city cop you're getting paid diddly dick just like all the other cops in this country you know you can i'm not saying you can't own a home no. Just not this home. Yeah, the home <laughs> from the first movie is like a kind of normal house. Do they fucking like strike it big at the end of that movie? I haven't seen I, it I in a while. I don't think they get promoted. I, and I mean, if they did, I mean, well, it kind of would play into this movie. Like if these guys were allowed to fucking get promoted. But yeah. like, uh, still, I don't think that happens. I think they're still just both detectives. Uh, yeah, they are. They're detectives in this movie still. So we, it makes no sense. This movie, yes. obviously, this movie is just a fantasy. Yeah. So yeah. you know, obviously, they're going to drive the cool cars and look at the 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 most hot dead women. <laughs> Oh, look at all these sexy fucking dead pieces of ass. And then Mm-mm, R.I.P.D. Yeah, they'll lust over the dead daughters and then make a lot of dead sons. <laughs> well, that's like that's a dark subplot that this movie doesn't go to is that like Mike Lowry's fetish is probably just like he's digging up like bodies of like famous like Hollywood like starlets. <laughs> I just love a, a fucking <laughs> just yep. a, a scene where he's digging up Anna Nicole Smith. <laughs> Marcus, guess what? This weekend, I'm going to have the Black Dahlia. <laughs> I'm bringing a home with me. <laughs> oh, so, man. So, Necrophilia, huh? So eventually we got another car chase of them leaving this place now. And After they've killed pursued. everybody but Johnny Tapia in his number two. And they start driving down this hill, and they start literally blowing up a shanty town, a town full of poor people where 
the, there's a throwaway line of like, yeah. oh, this is where they make the drugs. Exactly. <laughs> uh, that's exactly what I was about to say. That's why it's okay that they do this to these people because this is where they make the filthy fucking drugs. So they deserve to just be blown up and have all their possessions destroyed and their families fucking okay, ruined. Okay, so, okay, I, uh, it's okay for me to go to eastern Brooklyn and start blowing everything up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is where they make the. It's so fucking ridiculous because that they justify what they do here. There's, there's going to be what three or four labs in this entire shanty town that yeah. they're actually doing. You run over so many houses, yeah. women uh-huh. and children dead. Alien Gonzalez, <laughs> dead. <laughs> Younger listeners, Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Janet Reno's watching this movie with her fingers crossed, like, come on, do it, do it, do it. It's a really shitty Janet Reno. <laughs> yeah, it actually kind of sounds like her. Uh, it's a so hefty broad. <laughs> they, they're like, hey, everybody, let's head to Guantanamo Bay, a, a nice safe haven. That's actually the, 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 the line of thought here. Oh, I can kill part of the Cuban military, commit count, countless atrocities, and then just drive up to Guantanamo Bay and just say I'm an American. Yep, that's it. And by the All way, now, forgiven. I you know I don't know if anybody you know we have a lot of listeners outside of the United States. So just so you know, uh, if you're an American citizen, we have stuff that's beyond just regular IDs and passports. We actually have United States of America membership cards that you can do any kind of dumbass mm-hmm. shit wherever you want well, in the world. I don't know. Are we supposed to be telling them about this? Well, you know what? You know, I, I feel like it's time maybe I mean, we kind of sp- disseminate this information a little bit. All you got to do is flash your American membership card. You can do all sorts of fucking dumb shit like this wherever. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's, it's true, actually. I mean, it's, it's going to be out on Blu-ray soon. Check out the latest Die Hard for that shit. <laughs> oh, holy <laughs> fucking shit. I'll tell you what. Someone on Twitter the other day was like, hey, any of you fellas see A Good Day to Die Hard? I go, I saw it in theaters, and guess what? It's my number one candidate for the worst of 2013 coming January 2014 to this show. It is Because holy fucking Christ, that movie. But anyway, yeah, you can go around and be like, hey, by the way, you know, sorry, Cuba, I learned this from Bad Boys 2. I can fucking (laughs) take a shit all over your country and then just flash my ID, and I'll be totally fine. That is the moral of the story. So, by the way, yeah, instead of starting World War III, which is what would happen because oh, Cuba absolutely. would be like, beep, boop, pop, pop. Oh, hello, China? Yeah, guess what totally just happened? Yeah, it's on. <laughs> then, then shit gets real. And then Walmart would call up China. Boop, boop, boop. Actually, we need a bunch of units. Oh, well, call, <laughs> let me talk to Cuba, see if I can sort this out. Well, boop, no, boop, actually, boop, they... you're on your own, Cuba. I'm sorry. There's a big order. It's a, it's a real, it's really touch and go 13 days between America's Walmart and China. <laughs> yes, 13 days. What a movie that was. <laughs> So we're on the we're on the beach in sunny Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, and the worst line of the movie happens here. So we're we're told by the American military here, you know, hey, be careful! You're standing on an active minefield. Uh, a lizard crawls over a mine and blows up. So Gabrielle Union, okay, they're doing a big like guns are on everybody, mm-hmm. and she's like, okay, fine, I'm gonna put my gun down. Right next to this mine. <laughs> and she, she literally says yeah. that. And here you go. Listen. Right next to the mine. And then slow motion, this gun flies down, lands perfectly on this mine, blows up Johnny Tappy as number two. 
You know what I think some of these shots are for, though? I, and I th- I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm putting myself in the head of Michael Bay. Idiots. And they're for idiots. A decade. Uh-huh. Watch this. In a decade. Yes. He's going to be like, guess what I'm going to put back out? Bad Boys 2 in 3D. <laughs> oh, fucking stop. <laughs> oh, my God. Stop your noise. <laughs> it's like fan- he's doing a Phantom Menace. He's, he's thinking ahead. Yeah, because there are happen. like those shots, like the bullet shots from the first scene. Like that's a 3D shot. Like it yeah. goes straight at the screen oh and then through right. stuff. You're I right. can see a bullet in three dimensions ripple through Martin Lawrence's buttocks. Yep. Oh, <laughs> and the blood. Would, oh, yeah. Get ready for it. Mm. Whenever he gets Bad Boys Three together, yep. which I finally used correctly, uh, <laughs> they're gonna re-release the first two. You know, and that second one's gonna be in 3D. Yep. You're right. We're gonna have 3D buttock blasting all over the place. So that mind blows that guy up. Oh yeah, yeah. He's in yeah. pieces. Huh? Tapia's number two is gone. Uh, and then there's some sort of other distraction that uh, causes. I think. I think he just shoots. Shoots at that. Uh, that's yeah the, yeah. the explosion happens. Gabriel Union jumps out of the way, and Martin Lawrence gets a shot off and kills Johnny Tapia. And again, it's another follow the bullet. Into his forehead, blammo. This is the most ridiculous movie death outside of MacGruber. Because <laughs> he gets shot in the be- he gets shot in the head. You get the whole exit wound. You get to see all that beautiful stuff. And then slow he- motion, of course, oh, yeah. falling into the oh, sand. Of course, a little tribute to Sam Peckinpah. Right? Oh, yeah, Five- I'm sure, I'm I'm sure, sure that's, that's what why. Michael Bay will tell you. <laughs> Five minutes later, he hits the ground <laughs> and he hits a mine, everyone. And then you get to see like part of his only part of his body explode, and it's all these little chunks everywhere yeah. and oh, stuff. Oh yeah, it's just fucking pieces. Will Smith gets a death boner well no that's what's yep. crazy is because finally right this whole movie he's been like you got to learn how to man up and kill somebody there's a there's a discussion they have where you know will smith is like well what would you have done you should have you know killed that guy and he's like i would have shot him in the leg and will smith's like disgusted to hear this <laughs> so this happens and will smith says like that's how you shoot yeah you fucking take a life and that's exactly the fucking line from the end of the fucking first one that's how you drive yep. from yeah, now right, on you, you drive right. ah! <laughs> they're doing all this in front of the u.s army at guantanamo bay yeah why isn't the military stepping in and being like could you please stop using firearms on our minefield by the way? And then and then what ha- like what would really happen here? The US government wouldn't let them just come into the military base, right? You don't have to you you it doesn't matter because all we see is I came all the way to Cuba for this smooch and then we're just hanging out in Martin Lawrence's pool. That's the end of the fucking what? movie. No, there should have been like uh, they're just hanging. They're like congratulating themselves on all this death spree in Cuba. And then it's like uh, the end of Blues Brothers. Just just like a thousand military members with guns on them. <laughs> and then that's it. You know, that, here's and then how, it's jailhouse rap. Yeah. Nope. yeah. <laughs> no. God damn it! You beat me to it, but that's oh, fantastic. No, it should be like the fucking end of goddamn Butch Cassidy the Sundance Kid, where the Cubans are just all. Around them, oh yeah, and they just all got the guns on them, and that's that's the realistic you know ending. Rain drops are falling on my head, fade to black, and then just a Be bunch of shot fucking to gunfire. death by the police army. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been good. I would I would have liked the movie way better if they had a Butch Cassidy Sundance. Yeah. I mean, how how great is that? Is this the end of Bad yeah. Boys? Yeah, it is because you hear all sorts of fucking gunfire go off because you just wrecked half a country. 
I mean, it would be World War Three. It is yeah. so goddamn preposterous. They act like they can just go in, do this, and Cuba has no way of communicating with the outside world. Like that's what that's I what think. an embargo means, apparently. <laughs> yeah, all sorts of communication is completely cut off. According to this movie, fucking like Castro was lying too on Tapia's phone. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what do you need, Johnny? <laughs> you win this time. Bad boys. Uh, so yeah, we just cut to them in the pool, and Martin Lawrence is like, "You're lucky. I threw out those, you know, uh, transfer papers. I'll get them out of the garbage. All this shit." Will Smith has purchased them a nude pool. This is what I don't understand. Okay, you're Will Smith. You feel bad that the the thirty nine hundred dollar pool got ruined. So <laughs> you're a trust fund dude. You have limitless money, right? You just buy another shitty above ground pool. Thirty nine hundred dollar pool. You fucking. Pony up the cash and put in an in-ground pool for this family. Whatever it is, it's a drop in the buttock- bucket. <laughs> <laughs> a drop in the bucket for you. Exactly. And then, of course, because we just love gags so much, but it's like, stop tying your dog to the pool filter. How about that, for starters? Because, again, the dog sees something, and it's tied to this pool filter Knocks the pool uh-huh. down, they fall into the canal again. Well, that's and because, we're just laughing our balls off. Well, because I'm certain if you were to ask, like, fucking, you know how they ask uh, filmmakers, like, what's your favorite movie? Yeah. Every once in a while, I'm guaranteeing you that Michael Bay is answering Beethoven. <laughs> you I'm, think so? I'm, I'm certain of it. No, Beethoven's second. <laughs> yeah. I think it, it, they needed yeah, a movie he's a to big, find themselves. He's a big Debbie Mazar fan, so he wants that <laughs> Beethoven second. <laughs> And then they're just singing bad boys in this canal, and that's the end of you the movie. You know what they should call, like, because he might marry this DEA girl, right? Yeah, yeah. So they should call bad boys three bad brothers. We're finally bad, <laughs> bad brothers. Bad brothers-in-law. Bad brothers-in-law. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the end of the movie. I hope they this third one's terrible. I don't even know when it's coming. I think it's like one of those, like, it's we might do I it. Think. Are they definitely doing it, though? Well, I mean, like, I think it's, he, I think it's his level? next project. And, like, he usually only takes two years. Who, Michael Bay? Yeah. The last Transformers was two years ago, and Panagain's this year. Uh-huh. Would anybody recommend this movie? No. That's, Just that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's it for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, uh, it's a really weak recommend, like, but, man, be in, like, a state. Be, like, really... <laughs> On something, corpse some kind, pills? yeah, even corpse pills. Be on corpse, be on corpse X. Um, Ooh, corpsey. But like, yeah, it's just so fucking crazy. And like, if you actually pay attention to it, what is going on here is so outlandishly nuts that I kind of have to give it. And it's, I think it's by far out of all of his movies, probably the craziest. And I, 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 I. I I approve of that. I mean, it's. I, a, I mean, one movie, the world ended, or almost Armageddon. But that's like not. That's not even cr- half as weird as fucking. Well, I mean, Cuba. right. <laughs> you're right. You're yeah, right. you're right. Uh, trying to blow up a uh, an asteroid with a bunch of oil diggers is much more realistic. much more realistic. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it wouldn't be if those oil diggers in outer space came across. Uh, a very sexy dead woman that they stared at for a while. <laughs> I can't get over that scene. I'm sorry. It's really disgusting. Yo, that moon rock looks like boobs. Let's have sex with it. <laughs> Let's touch uh, it. 
I, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's a light recommend for me. It's like, a, oh, hey, this is on HBO on a Sunday afternoon and I'm yeah. hungover kind of a movie. Because you don't have to pay attention to anything. And like all this high-octane action you don't have to pay attention to. You can just kind of look and be like, eh. I mean, the thing about it is like, we, you know, we made fun of him a lot today because he's made a lot of bad movies. But again, Michael Bay made The Rock. The Rock is a classic action film. I have the shitty Criterion DVD because I like it that much. Like, go watch The Rock again. But I mean, I have the shitty original printing fucking DVD, the one that came out when all the first DVDs came out. Oh yeah, yeah. I I have that version because I like it so much. The casting and the script were good. You know, I mean, Michael Bay is competent. Enough. I mean, the action sequences in this were fine. It's just they were ad nauseum. They just went on too far. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, no action movie has to be two and a half hours. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, this is very much like a like it's not a hangover movie like the twist like Twister is. Right. Because it's a little louder than that. So like a mild hangover. Yeah. Actually, that's a good call about the volume. (laughs) You can't be too hungover. You got to be more like just like that tired hangover, not like a dehydration headache. Maybe a. Well, no, stomach flu because of all the fucking camera movement. Oh, yeah, you'll shit your pants. you'll you'll go right out. So that's it. That's Bad Boys 2. We're going to roll on with our summer blockbuster extravaganza next week, of course. Still plenty of episodes on the way. This is only three of a bunch, so uh, look forward to that. Until then, for more information about the show, if you want to get a hold of us or more information about past episodes, check out the website, whmpodcast.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. We are at whmpodcast.com. Right into the mailbag, we all hate movies at gmail.com. If you subscribe to the show in iTunes, uh, rate and review there if you could. That would be uh, appreciated by us. It helps increase the profile of this program in the iTunes store. Uh, you can also find us on Stitcher. You can download the Stitcher radio app and stream the most recent five episodes of the show on the go. Uh, Eric's program, Blame It on Outer Space, the first Wednesday of every month, a new conspiracy theory or paranormal tale is brought down in comedic fashion. They're over at BlameItOnOuterSpace.com. They're on Facebook. They're on Twitter, at BlameSpacePod. Uh, and you can also check them out on iTunes and Stitcher. And Chris is writing for Slant Magazine, and the house next door can be found at Slant.com. So we'll see you next week. Until then, I'm Andrew Jupin. Eric Siska. Chris Cabin. Take it easy. <laughs> <laughs>